Well, I hope you have a wonderful weekend planned and some good things to do and people to enjoy and just have the freedom of having a holiday. It's always a nice time. If you will, look inside your program, and there's an outline of our Bible study this morning. I'd really like to encourage you to uh, take that and follow as we look into the Scriptures this morning. Now, the title of our lesson today is, Hair Can Grow Again. Now, this is not a commercial for Rogan or for some other kind of uh, product that will cause hair to grow again, but it's something that uh, is found within the Bible. In fact, there is a man about whom that was written that uh, is going to be kind of the center of our study today. Our study today is going to be from the book of Judges. If you've got an Old Testament, you may want to just open your Bible there. And we find that, and the story of the Judges is that the Israelites had trouble because they did not obey God. Now, God told them when they went into the land of promise that they were to clear out those tribes and people who were there so they would be able to be free from the influence of idolatry that the pagan nations followed. But the Bible says, chapter 1, verse 28 of Judges, they never drove them out completely. They made a big push and got them out. But they always left that remnant there that uh, was going to rise up and cause them trouble. And you know, you always get trouble when you don't follow God and when you don't do the things that He has directed you to do. Well, actually, the book of Judges has a four-part sequence that's just repeated over and over throughout the book. And these four sequences are, number one, people would depart from God. And usually they would get involved in some kind of idolatry or something that was going on by the pagans. And number two, as a result of that, they would be chastised by God. And He would allow them to be defeated, sometimes to be carried into captivity, but they would receive the chastisement of God. Number three, the people would pray and plead to God. And as a result, number four, God would raise up a judge who would deliver them and help them at their time of great weakness. In the Bible, there were 14 judges. Six of them were military people. And also, there were 13 men and one woman who was a judge. If you hold up your hand, if you can tell me who that one woman was. Ah, got a few that can, good. And she was a powerful lady named Deborah, and she was one that served God in a powerful way. When you come to the book of Hebrews, chapter 11 is thought of as kind of the Bible Hall of Fame, and all the great people that uh, influenced others and served God in a powerful way are listed there, or at least many of them. And as you read that list in chapter uh, 11, you find that there were four of the judges who are listed there as being great men of faith. And they were Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Jephthah. And they were judges right out of the book of Judges, and they are honored here in Hebrews chapter 11. Well, today I want to show you, show you the story about one of the judges, and his name is Samson. Now, his story is found in four chapters in Judges, chapters 13, 14, 15, and 16. So if you've got your Bible, you want to kind of open up to that section. That's where we're going to be looking today. 
Well, first of all, I'd like to ask this question. Well, what exactly was a judge? Oliver Cromwell, who was the great British leader, was one time having a portrait made of him by a famous painter. And as the man was preparing his painting, he said, uh, Mr. Cromwell, why don't you take your hand and put it up here on the side of your face, and as I paint it, then they'll not be able to see that big wart you've got on your face. And Cromwell says, Paint me like I am, warts and all. Now, when you read stories about men in the Bible, we find about their virtues and their successes, but the Bible also tells us about their failures and their vices. So the men who were judges, they were great men of God, but they had some weaknesses and problems as well. Well, what was a judge? Let me give you this definition from uh, chapter 2, verse 6 of the book of Judges. It said, Then the Lord raised up judges to rescue Israel from their attackers. Now, when God selected a man or a woman to be a judge, then they were going to be the responsible for helping the nation to become free from those that had attacked and many times had dominated them. So a judge was a very important role in the Old Testament. Well, number two, let me tell you the story about Samson. It's a story, I think, that we all need. First of all, Samson was a child of prayer. His mother and father were childless, and they were heartbroken. But he had a father who was a man of God by the name of Manoah, and he evidently had a wife who was a dedicated believer as well. But for what reason, I don't know, but her name is never given in the Bible. It's simply Manoah and his wife. But one day, the Bible says that an angel appeared to this lady. And when he did, the angel says, You are going to have a son. I imagine the uh, rockets were shot up into the air and there was so much happiness and excitement that here a woman who's never been able to have a baby is going to have not only a baby, but a son. And then the angel says this, He will take lead in delivering Israel from the Philistines. Chapter 13, verse 5. This man who is going to be your son is going to be a great leader. Now, the people of God had been in captivity to the Philistines, but He's going to lead the way in getting you free from these pagans that have dominated your life. And what a great day that was. And then the angel had something else to say. Chapter, one verse, chapter 13, verse 7. But from his birth, this boy is to be a Nazarite. Now, that may be a strange word to you. Over in the book of Numbers, chapter 6, beginning in verse 1, we find the instructions for a person who would be a Nazarite. And a Nazarite was a person who'd made a complete dedication to God. And they had said, we're going to serve God above all else, all of our lives. And to let that be known, we are taking the Nazarite vow. Now, the vow had three basic parts to it. Number one, if you took the Nazarite vow, you would never touch anything that had to do with a grape. And you couldn't eat a grape or do anything. Now, 
Of course, for these people, that was very difficult because that also meant you are never to drink any wine. Ah, and that was one of their staples. Number two, you if you're a Nazarite, you are never to get your hair cut. But you let your hair grow long all of your life if you're going to be a Nazarite. And number three, you cannot handle a dead body. Even if that dead body happens to be your mother or father, you cannot handle a dead body if you are a Nazarite. And so the angel says, now as your boy grows, he is going to be a Nazarite from the time he is born. He's going to be one that's going to serve God and be dedicated to God because he is a Nazarite. And I imagine that Manoah and his wife taught Samson this so that he would know what God was expecting of him. Now, we don't know exactly what Samson looked like. But I tell you, I don't think he looked like a 97-pound weakling. I think he must have had a pretty good build and, and have strength. Now, his strength did not come because he'd been working out down at Gold's Gym. He didn't have uh, power because he'd been lifting weights or doing other kinds of things to get it. But his strength came when God would empower him with the Holy Spirit. And when the Spirit of God came upon him, he had tremendous power and strength. And the Bible tells us about some of the things he did. Chapter 14, verse 6 said the Spirit of God came upon him. And he killed a lion with his bare hands. He evidently took the lion by his mouth and just ripped him apart. And with his bare hands, a man killed a lion. Not because he was so strong, but because God with his spirit had him, given him the power to do that. Then over in chapter 15, verses 15 and 16, there's kind of an unusual story that Samson killed a thousand men with the jawbone of a donkey. Now, I don't know what the jawbone of a donkey looked like, but whatever it was, he picked it up and he slew a thousand men. Kind of interesting, after uh, that event, they changed the name of the place to Donkey Hill. And that was the place where Samson had killed a thousand men with the jawbone of an, of an ox, of a donkey. And the third thing I want to show you is in chapter 16, verse 3. And this is kind of an unusual story about what it was that uh, Samson did. Verse 3 of Sam, uh, Judges 16. But Samson lay there until the middle of the night. Then he got up, took hold of the doors of the city gate, together with the two posts, and tore them loose. He then lifted them to his shoulders and carried them to the top of the hill that faces Hebron. Well, there are a bunch of people who are waiting to uh, jump on Samson, but he didn't get up early in the morning like they thought, but at midnight he went out and he tore down the city gate and the posts that were holding it. How much that thing weighed, no one knows, but, but he ripped it out, put it on his shoulders, and then carried it to the hill of Hebron. Now, there's two possibilities how far he may have gone. He, first of all, he had to go uphill to deposit that. And secondly, it was either three miles or nine miles. And here is this man 
tearing out the city gate, putting on his shoulder, and you see him walking up the hill. And you know what everybody said? Wow! You don't want to mess with him. I mean, look what he can do and how strong he is. Let's just bypass this. And maybe one of the greatest miracles was his pulling the city gates and destroying them. And uh, what a great, marvelous way that was. But let me tell you, number three, Samson had a weakness. And his weakness was Philistine women. Ah, well... The Bible says that when he grew up, the Lord blessed him and the Spirit of God began to stir in him. From the time he was a boy, he began to know that the Spirit of God was within him and he could do unusual things. But the Bible, as we begin his story, says that there was a young lady who was a Philistine in a neighboring town. And he saw her and he said to his mother and dad, get her for me. I want her for my wife. Well, they tried to talk him out of it. But he was just insistent. No, she is the one I want. Now, why is it that boys like to date girls from another town? Uh, in, in little towns, my, my wife grew up in Mount Vernon. And you know, the boys from the other little towns, they like to come to Mount Vernon and date the women in Mount Vernon. And the boys in Mount Vernon, they like to go to the next little town and date the women there for some reason. Well, that was the way Samson was. He found a Philistine woman he liked in a strange town. I think Samson thought he was a great lover. He thought that he really had the charm and he was a, a great lover. I, I think of the uh, story I heard about the lady who was uh, in the army. And she'd served several different places. And uh, a radio station came out to interview her and said, Well, what was the most difficult thing about being in the Army? And she said, What I hated were those wolf holes. He said, You mean fox holes? She said, Listen, a fox may have dug it, but there was a wolf in it. <laughs> Old Samson was one who figured that he was one great lover. But his greatest defeat came from a woman by the name of Delilah. And her story is here in Judges chapter 16. The authorities, when they saw that Samson had a, a love for this woman Delilah, they came to her and they said this, if you will find out the source of his strength so that we can overcome him, then we will make you a rich woman. Well, that was appealing to her, and so she began an effort to uh, find out what the secret of Samson's great strength was. The Bible says that uh, he gave her three different false stories, and uh, she bit in each one of them, but every time they found out that that was not the source of his strength. And then she said this to him, Judges 16, 15. How can you say I love you when you won't confide in me? Now, I would give this message to our young ladies. Anytime a man says to you when he wants you to do something, well, if you love me, you will. You're not dealing with a man. You're dealing with a skunk. And get out of there and run. 
And if Samson had done that, he would have been a lot better off. But for some reason, Samson thought that Delilah really loved him. And then the Bible tells us these words. With such nagging, she prodded him day after day until he was sick to death of it. That's Judges 16, 16. May I tell you ladies something? If there's something that a man does not like, it is nagging. And somebody just nags and nags and nags about something. I mean, they don't like it at all. And Samson was no different, and he hated that nagging. But then the Bible says, he told her his secret. He said, my secret is my hair. He said, it has never been cut from the time I was a boy. But if my head were shaven, I would be just as weak as any other man. And so the Bible says that she knew now that she had his secret. And he came to see her, and the Bible says that he went to sleep in her lap. Evidently, he thought, man, I'm safe with this woman because she really loves me. The Bible says that his hair was into seven different locks. And while he was sound asleep, she called for the barber to come in and to cut his hair and to shave his head. And while he was asleep, he found that he's lost all of his power. The Bible says that when he got up, he didn't realize that the Lord had left him. But the Bible says that the Philistines then came in and they captured Samson. And the thing that they did with him was what they normally did with those that they wanted to disable. And that is they gouged out both of his eyes. Oftentimes, if you're reading the Bible, they would cut off the thumb and the big toe of a person as well. And that pretty much crippled them and gave them very little that they could use by way of weaponry. And so they would be one who would be disabled. And although they were still alive, they were not able to do very much. Well, the head of Samson was shaved. And he was taken by the uh, Philistines to the great place where everybody could see him and the great temple. And the Bible says there were about 3,000 men and women and they were having a great party together and enjoying everything. And, and, and as they did, Samson found something unusual. Chapter 16, verse 22. But the hair on his head began to grow again after it had been shaved. Samson's hair began to grow again. And you know what that meant? It meant to him that God still loved him. Even though he was a sinner, God had not forgotten him. And as Samson's hair began to grow, he wanted to do something spectacular here as he was in the, uh, the throes of the Philistine army. The Bible says that there was a great party given and they invited Samson to come in and perform for him. I guess he uh, had all kinds of tricks and worked with animals because they had hooked him up and he was turning the wheel that grand, that grated, that, uh, that grated, make the grain so it was not uh, going to be strong, but, but rather it would be in a very fine way. And as he did, the Bible says that he said to those young men around him, 
Would you put me over by the pillars that support the temple? I need to rest. And sure enough, they said, here we go, Samson, here you are. And the blind man was led over and he could put his hands upon the pillars that supported the temple. And then he said this, God, give me strength just once more and let me with a blow get revenge on the Philistines. He prayed to God and God heard his prayer and God empowered him again. And the Bible says then that he pushed against the pillars and he shouted, Let me die with the Philistines! And as he did, the whole of the party crashed down. And the Bible says that he killed more in his death than he did in his life. Chapter 16, verse 30. Got rid of a lot of these Philistines, many of them leaders. And the last verse there in chapter 16 said this, And Samson led Israel for twenty years. Now, there is a lesson that I want you to get here and not miss. And that is that hair can grow again. And even if you have sinned and violated God's laws, God can forgive you. It doesn't matter who it is you are or what you have done. The power of God is able to wipe that out and make you a brand new person. What a wonderful thing to know that, that God loves you even when you sin. On the day of Pentecost, you may remember that Peter preached to that multitude and when they cried out because they had crucified Jesus, Peter said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Did you know that he did not have to interview each one of those people to find out what they had done? Because it didn't matter what they had done. God can forgive any sin. And you and I need to know that hair can grow again. And even if we have messed up, that God can forgive. Several years ago, I did a, a Bible study that I, I never have been able to forget. There was a, a young couple, and uh, neither one of them were, were Christians. But we had a Bible study, and it seemed like this thing just went fine. And uh, I asked the young lady, I said, well, tell me about your background. And she told me this unusual story. She said, I was one of 23 children by the same mother and dad. I'd never heard of anybody in a family that big. And I said, well, how in the world did your mother ever take care of that many? She said, well, there never was more than 12 of us home at once. Can you imagine getting up every morning and 12 hungry kids to feed and school getting ready to start and 12 new pairs of shoes? You know, and she was a lovely girl, but I thought, wow, that's some kind of a, a unusual story that you have. Well, as I taught them the Bible and we came to the very end of the study, uh, I asked him, I said, do you all believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? And they both said, yes, we do. I said, would you like them to be baptized? Young men said, no. And so I talked to him a little bit. I said, you know, we can do it at a private time. You don't have to come before the church. If you'd like to be baptized, uh, we can do it in private. He said, no. And I said, 
Well, Joe, what's, what's holding you back? He said, I can't do it. And he began to cry and just broke my heart here. A, a young man, I, wh what is it? I, he never would tell me what he had done. But what he had done, he thought was so bad that God could not forgive him. But I tried to help him know that God can forgive any sin. And so when he finally just resisted to the point that I knew there was no use talking to him, I asked her, I said, would you like now to be baptized? She said, I'd like to, but I'm going to wait on him. And you know, not only did he put off his baptism, but he put off his wife's too. And as far as I know, neither one of them ever became Christians. You know what you and I need to know, though, and never forget, is that hair can grow again. And even if you have been involved in something terrible, God can forgive you because He is a loving God. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank You for this story about Samson. And although he disappointed You, God, with some of the things he did, we're glad, Lord, that his hair began to grow again and that You gave him that great strength that he had before and that he was able to bring down many of the Philistines who were the enemies of God's people. Dear God, I just pray that we will know that You can forgive us Whatever we've done, we're not going to use that, Lord, as an excuse. But dear God, we are so thankful for your grace and your mercy. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We're going to sing a song of invitation this morning. And maybe there's a way we could be of encouragement to you. If you'd like to come today and let it be known you'd like to be a part of our family. Or maybe you'd like to be baptized. Or if there's some other way we could serve, we'd certainly like to do so. Back in the back is the prayer room if you'd like to... Uh, have one of our elders pray with you, then they would certainly be willing and glad to do that. We can help you in any way. If you'd like to come, do it right now as we just stand and sing our song, Invitation, together. Days are filled with sorrow and fear. Hearts are lonely and drear. Birds are lifted at Calvary. Jesus is very
Jesus is very near.